I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. Yeah. I, I said oh it like gosh. that at all. I, I don't know why. We all try to say it a little different each time, but it's still, uh, yeah, it's still fun. It's still it, fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, I have I have a couple of things before we get into whatever the hell you want to talk about today. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking the lead on this one, but go ahead. Tell me, tell me, tell yeah, me. Yeah, well, because you're taking the lead because I have no effing idea what we're talking <laughs> I like surprising you. Come on, there's been a few of those surprise ones that have been gold, right? No, they're brilliant, and I think the audience is like she knows nothing, which is <laughs> is is may, might be partially true. But right. hmm, what? We'll, we'll give you an episode soon. I promise. Okay. Well, people the are probably going to die in that episode. One. And we have I, YouTube comments that say you have to lead another one at some point. So. Oh no, I'll I will because I I actually have a couple brewing. I but I'm going to yeah. surprise you with what I have brewing. So, um, and it might well, be a wish. Like, it's not like you're running a publishing empire where uh, you know I'm just a lowly scrub that's uh, you know writing books. So you know I've got all these years of research. You're you're you you've got a lot on your plate. So it's it's very cool that you have as much research done as you have done too. So, well, it's true. It's called Google. No, just kidding. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So there's a couple of things that I, I want to announce. So first of all, we have some breaking news. Ooh, okay. Did you know that a scientist has come out to say that um, the mystery around the Bermuda Triangle, he thinks he's cracked this code. Hmm. So for those that may not know what the Bermuda Triangle is. It's also known as the Devil's Triangle. Right. And it's an area in the Atlantic Ocean between Florida and Puerto Rico and Bermuda. That's why it's called the Triangle. Um, and there's rumors, and especially when I was growing up and at the same time Mark was growing up, where um, ships would disappear there, planes would disappear, that there was something happening that people just gone. Like they yep. completely, and not just like sunk, like gone right yeah. right appeared you know the the empty boats would turn up and uh i think uh some of the most famous is uh flight 19 uh yes. post-world war ii group flies out to do a torpedo run and is never seen again and then the two planes that are sent up to search for it one of them explodes and disappears yeah <laughs> exactly exactly well apparently he has a whole theory about what is causing this hmm. and that the the depths of the ocean may be fueling the flames of this because it's apparently a lot deeper there than normally would exist and um but there's a whole entire article that came out about it which i i'm not going to go into all the gory details of the bermuda triangle because yeah. i think That's we should an episode. do an episode yeah. of the Bermuda Triangle to go over it. We'll right? do that whole Flight 19 and some other stuff too, yeah. Yeah, we'll do, it'll be good, but um, it's very interesting so um, uh, that he thinks he solved it. Yeah, it's like, he's so, got like something about uh, bacteria in the water creating some sort of, you know, thing, but also he also says that it doesn't exist because if you do the, you know, all of the disappearances and all this and you you average it out it's the exact same as everywhere else in the world yeah it's i think it's just um again something that's fueled by the fact that people talk about it and then it gets stigma to it yep. and then it everything gets attributed to it it's one of those things you you've got to be very very careful about rumors and stuff like that because if you don't look fact independently and see, then you can easily go, it's the fault of this thing that everybody else is glamming onto, which yep. as we generally know, that's not the case, right? right. So exactly. um, I thought that was really, really interesting. Very interesting, Bermuda Triangle. Um, I know we're linking it in the episode, but I also have some traveler news. Oh, 
So in the spirit of our loyal, amazing fans, you travelers out there, one of the things we are going to be doing is bringing some fun stuff when we're at events that you can come and purchase yes. from us. It will be event-only stuff, meaning you have to come out and meet us. But we should, um, at some of the upcoming events, starting probably in the August area, be just because of timing. So um, we will have Erie Travels badges, little mm -hmm. patches that you can put on your jackets, yes. your bags, whatever. It shows that you're a traveler with us. So. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. The, the people making those, I've seen the, the prototype. It's, it's beautiful. I can't wait to see more. I want to see it in person. Yes, me too. Me too. So they're being made as we speak. So we will announce when we're going to be an event with those. And we're also going to have traveler t-shirts that say I'm a traveler with our Erie Travels logo on the back that you can purchase. Um, very so. excited about those. And uh, special thanks to Carrie Schultz for our initial design. Uh, my lovely wife and talented illustrator. And then very special thanks to our producer, Callista Muncy, uh, for uh, you know, helping out with the, lo the further logo enhancements so that we could do this stuff. Yeah, of yes, course. because we are, we, are, we are not those artist people. That is not no. our job. We do words. Yes. <laughs> They're I, the talent. I am really just the spokesmodel for this particular podcast. And we're, we're the words I, and the faces. We're just pretty, pretty, pretty pictures. So yeah. yes, that's all we are. We're paid to look this good. Not really, but um, yeah. So we're going to have um, some fun, fun swag, but you're going to have to come out and meet us in person to come get it from us. And we'd love to see you. So it's exciting. You'll, yeah. you'll get to see that. So that that's my my amazing fun news um, okay that's what, pretty dang awesome so i think so i think so they're very cool we'll have to share some pictures on social media as soon as we have them see them so people can see the temptation of coming to see us yes yes and if you want more fun news always visit our friends at paranormalitymag.com and use the code travels to get 10% off of anything you get there, including subscriptions or uh, the uh, the merch that they have. And that'll let them know that we sent you. So we appreciate it and get news like the the guy figuring out what the Bermuda Triangle is and all that there every day. Well, actually, my I have a paranormality story. Oh, do you? I do. That because where I get into my deep dive. Yeah. Well, I since I don't even know what we're talking about, but I thought this was brilliant. This is just the title of it. Alien statue finally comes home after being stolen from a 102-year-old woman. Oh, man. There seems to be a run on that. Yeah. So apparently, in this is what it says, in the heartwarming turn of events, the unfortunate saga surrounding a stolen alien statue from the yard of a 102-year-old woman in Michigan has reached a positive conclusion. Last week, the beloved artwork was returned to its rightful place, much to the joy of Frida Vanderlan and her Aww. family. The theft of the cherished statue garnered attention and was shared on the news as it had been pilfered by an unknown individual causing distress. Is the statue, I want to just point out this alien statue, held sentimental value. Um, and adding to the emotional weight of Frida suffers from Alzheimer's and the presence oh. of the extraterrestrial had become integral part of her daily routine. So for those that missing, that, she couldn't touch it or do whatever she did every day. And that exactly. could throw off the whole day. Yeah, that sucks. Exactly. So apparently um, they assumed that the person who stole it was remorseful and um, brought it back and nice. we're going to link to it, but there is this, <laughs> this statue and i'm so glad it got returned to her i'm absolutely yeah. thrilled it so did thrilled but this statue that. is literally of a green normal look you know the aliens that yep. we always see with the black eyes and the green but he, he looks like he's wearing a pair of jean capris oh nice nice so, yeah so now where i said that that seems to be a rash uh our good friends uh sean and Lori from sci-fi barto who run the amazing event sci-fi barto uh, they had recently had their alien stolen out of their yard and he's he was on a concrete slab and zip tied down and all this other stuff so 
hopefully he gets returned too. Hopefully we have the same happy ending. But I know police are looking into that because they have some ring cam footage of who they think stole it. So wow. Yeah. G guys, let's not do stuff like that. Okay. Oh. Let's just not. I had a back in the early days of living in this house, we had the uh uh one of those uh you know, those like you see those light up Santas outside that was, you know, all plastic with a light inside. So it light up. I had an alien one and I put a Santa cap on it. That was my Christmas decoration. And um, and it got stolen one day. I used to always tell everybody, hey, you can turn it. You know, we're the house with the alien in front of it. Uh, but that was before we were a haunted house. So then it became easier. It was just like, oh, go to the haunted house. But it got stolen. No idea wherever it went. I think it got abducted. So. Well, and you know, I'm just going to say the people listening or anybody who's even had the thought, you have no idea what that item may mean to somebody and yeah. the significance of it. So even if it's cheesy and dorky and run down, like you don't know what it means. So, you know, if you want to find something, you can find anything on the internet. So yeah. go find your own. And if yeah. you want to take a picture, I'm sure most people will let you take a picture with whatever it is. Go snap a picture, a weird selfie. I don't care, but don't take other people's things. That's no, no bueno. So, wow. Okay. So are you ready? I, to... don't, I don't know if I'm ready, Mark. Should All I right. be ready? Well, I don't know. We, we there, there may be, uh, this is the one that Callie has been dreading me doing uh, because this is the one Callie is convinced will be my last episode. So if, if we do not do any further episodes, there, there's a reason, right, Callie? Does this involve something illegal? Because we've talked about not recording ourselves talking about the illegal things we do. No, this is something else. It's oh, not okay. illegal, but it is um, definitely a point of concern, I'll say. You know how yeah. my dad invites haunted stuff into his home? Are we going to be talking about haunted dolls again? No. no. This one oh. is a little deeper. Yeah. I remember when dad was initially researching for Erie Appalachia, and he had started digging into everybody's favorite, Mothman. But he started looking into the men in black. Yes. Because, because they were around the Mothman sightings. Intricately entwined. I mean, dad can tell this a little bit better, but he started getting like weird emails and weird phone calls. And I was like, well, it was nice knowing my dad while I had him. Uh, I hope he puts my name on the house. Yep. And we're going to talk about some of those emails coming up. But so, yes, we are talking about the classic Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones movie, Men in Black. We're talking about the Men in Black movie because I, this is so funny. I actually just watched that two days ago. Yes, yes. Two days ago, I watched that movie because right. I love the, how many thing, times have you flashy thing me? Yes, yes, yes. That is, uh, so we will all be flashy thing. You will all, listen, warning. Trigger warning, listeners, you will all be flashy thing after this episode. So uh, you will not remember this episode. Praising likely, so. dear God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. We, uh, we're we taking it to a whole new level. Listen, all listeners. Right. So, uh, so don't forget our podcast in the end. Yeah, don't forget the <laughs> podcast. Don't forget the swag. Don't forget to visit our advertisers before you start listening. So, okay. So we are going back to do you remember edward snowden yes and his original yes. leaks before WikiLeaks, uh his original leaks where he just deluged us with government documents right he was yeah he was releasing about all these crazy things and one of them was a powerpoint presentation from the uh for the generation of covert on operations hq and it was called the art of deception training for a new generation of online covert operations and images included things like camouflaged moths what inflatable tanks uh men in burkas uh and complex diagrams and they were had logos and slogans like disruption operation playbook, swap the real for the false, and vice versa. Uh, people make decisions as part of groups. And uh, then there was uh, a bunch of 
cards being shuffled and it says we want to build cyber magicians but in the middle of all those documents are three photographs of ufos not real ones but you know the classic fake ufo photos the hubcap bunch of balloons and one that's obviously a seagull um so basically they're saying in this document people will believe anything and we want them to believe this stuff rather than the real stuff now of course we all know the worst kept secret in our government was area 51 right well we don't know that that was the worst kept secret but it's definitely one they did not do well with yeah so i mean how long ago was that you know did that become public right yeah. Uh, that I didn't, I don't think it was officially, uh, uh, you know, said that Area 51 exists until the you know early 2000s. So that's how long, you know, but it was well known, you know, all the way back to the 50s uh, that there was this base out there. Um, and, you know, and then we've got, you know, the theory that with the Snowden document, that we've been fed pop culture to disbelieve the UFOs. And 2013, by the way, is when they acknowledged the declassified CIA documents for Area 51. Yep. And, um, And then there was this guy who was an Air Force special investigations officer named Richard Dottie. And he admitted that he would go to MUFON meetings and other UFO circles. And he would go up to them. What does MUFON stand for? Oh, the Mutual UFO Network, which was a group of people who were trying to prove aliens among us. And they were, you know, they were the first group to start checking off you know, which, you know, which sightings were real and all this. And, um, and then he said, what he would do is he would go into these groups and say, I'm with the government, cooperate with us. And I'll tell you what the government really knows and that we're keeping secret. And then they would go to these real credible scientists who were trying to study UFOs and feed them bogus stuff, disinformation. And he admitted to being part of this. And because he wanted to fool the Soviets into thinking that we really were talking to aliens. Okay. by So that the Soviets would leave us alone because they'd be afraid we had alien technology. All right. Now, the most... So that's where this kind of comes from now, modern day. But we go back. This stuff goes way back there was uh the you know one of my favorite cases was uh paul benowitz and paul benowitz was in new mexico in 1979 and he was a electronics entrepreneur right he was running his own little repair place he also had ham radio he was listening to number stations we've talked about them in the past yeah uh, and he lived right across the road from kirkland air force base um and he would see weird stuff and pick up weird transmissions and he contacted the air force saying hey i've been getting some weird stuff and i've been seeing some weird stuff and i'm like he's like i'm not eavesdropping this is just happening uh but what happened was uh dotty showed up and told him they were interested in his findings what they didn't realize is he really was listening into secret government transmissions and they wanted to find out what he knew oh and wow so what happened was benowitz though gets so into this he digs deeper and he thinks he's interpreting alien languages and he's trying to spot uh he, he was an amateur pilot and he would go up and he would try to spot alien crashes because he'd hear the you know reports of a crash of a craft that he would translate. He was actually breaking government codes. Oh and um, so the investigators are surveilling him while he's surveilling them. 
And uh, and then he winds up, you know, they give him a computer software program that will translate the 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 documents for him. And then by doing that, they're actually they've hacked his system and they're actually dumping fake stuff for him to discover. And it takes over his life. And then sadly, in 1988, his family had to check him into a psychiatric facility because he had gotten so deep investigating for the government. And it was all, you know, bogus, right? This was not feeding him information. Now, um, now Dodie supposedly at one point leaked the famous Majestic 12 dossier. Now, what is the Majestic 12 dossier? Okay. So, supposedly, President Truman uh, is concerned about the 1952 UFO flap over Washington, D.C. Now, this is a famous sighting where people saw several craft fly right over the White House in 1952. Okay. And so he has to make a statement. And everybody's like, okay, this is this is nothing. This is nothing. Uh, but people are seriously concerned. So he forms a government organization that is going to be self-controlled, self-reliant. And their job is to convince the American public that UFOs are not a threat or the fact that they don't even exist. Okay. And that becomes known as this MJ-12 or Project Majestic. Okay. And there, and President Truman signs off on it. Now, this document surfaces years later, and Doty says it was actually one of his documents that he had leaked to all these investigators to try to throw them off the real scent uh, that, you know, they were just trying to study the Russians. Um, and so in this grand UFO conspiracy theory, it's... It's crazy because this is also the document that later sparks imaginations of Steven Spielberg. And he starts working on Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that the government is meeting with the aliens and all this. And that's where it becomes the, you've been watching too many movies when you when you talk about UFOs and you've been talking about this. But this is all kind of the end of things. So we've got to go back to the beginning so i think we're coming up where we should probably take a quick break we should probably take a quick break and we'll be right back erie appalachia gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient appalachians folks deep within the appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe monsters rumbling in the hills strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy tall tales you might say tell that to the flatwoods monster in braxton county west virginia or the goat man of louisville look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe what of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Okay. And we're back. We are back. And uh, we're going back to the past, not back to the future. So. Okay. You're, you're following so far that there was. I'm mostly following. So 
this is a lot. So, okay, let's go back to when, when did the men in black first quote unquote start showing up? All right. 1947. We have a guy wow. named Harold Dahl. Uh, he was running one of the early UFO research things and they would do a newsletter in the days before magazines and they would put it together. And it was the early, he was one of the founders of MUFON, the mutual UFO network. And yeah. this is basically their newsletter. And uh, he says in 1947, a man in a very dark suit told him to not discuss his alleged UFO sighting in on Maury Island, which okay. was uh, his, he saw six craft land and uh, they left some debris when they, like they dumped debris out and uh, they collected it. and. And then there's another guy named Albert Bender. Uh, he claimed he was visited by men in dark suits. And this is in the mid 50s who warned him not to continue investigating UFOs. Uh, and he said that they were government agents. They told him that they're from the government, but they talked weird. They had weird inflections in their voice and they weren't speaking properly. Like they were almost like foreign agents. And uh, most famously, our man who investigated Mothman, John Keel, uh, he claimed that they would come and talk to him, but he called them demonic supernaturals with dark skin and exotic facial features. And this is just, you know, during the, you know, the 50s, the 60s, all the way through the 90s, MIB starts showing up more and more and more and um it's this is so people would show up in suits with weird when they said weird do they mean they sounded like they were from like jersey or like no it was it's like they put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable oh uh, or they would look at things weird one of the most famous ones was one of the reporters for uh the Galapagos Gazette that was reporting on the Mothman sightings said this strange man came in to talk to her and wanted to know all about her reports on UFOs. Nothing to do with the Mothman. She wanted he wanted to know about recent UFO sightings area. A lot of people don't realize during the whole Mothman time there was a lot of UFO sightings in the same area, and she'd been reporting on all of that. And this man was like really belligerent at her, but then he picked up a ballpoint pen and was like investigating it. Like he'd never seen one before and then ran away giggling with her pen. Yeah. And she chased him out to find out why, what, what's going on. And then he disappeared. Okay. That's that's creepy. And then later, a couple weeks later, she sees him coming out of a strange car he recognizes her and jumps back into the car and the car drives around a corner and just disappears. Um, now, it kind of seems to be that these characters are discouraging investigations into UFOs okay, and, and alien encounters, particularly if there was a close encounter where if you actually met an alien or were abducted by aliens, you were more likely to be visited by the men in black rather than, oh, I saw a, a light in the sky and stuff like that. Did uh, they think at the time, maybe I just don't know enough because we haven't done a full Mothman episode. They didn't think Mothman was an alien, did they? They weren't sure. It's, 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 that's one of the theories is, you know, we don't really know what Mothman is because he's such a unique creature. Um, so Flatwoods monster though, they thought was definitely, Flatwoods is most likely an alien. All right. Um, and um, now it was, you know, um, you know, Keel also describes at one point that uh, he himself was mistaken for a men in black when he was trying to investigate the Mothman sightings. People thought he was a man in black because he was in a black suit, you know, interviewing people. So, uh, so one of the men in black encounters He's like, oh no, no, that was me. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, exactly. So um, now 1970s, we get back up to and a filmmaker uh, claims that he was uh, and he was a military man uh, named Robert Eminger. And he claims that he was approached by the Pentagon to make a movie discussing an alien landing at Holloman Air Force Base in the 1960s. Okay. And um, and he reaches out to Dottie and says, hey, I need, I've got some footage that you've got to see. And so now it becomes, well, is, that's Dottie who did all the misinformation. So is this stuff misinformation too? So oh, we're wow. getting all these weird connections on is it real? Is it night? And again, this is the Cold War era. So we're, it's really shaky that this was a real government organization, that this was definitely something weird going on. And uh, we have to lightly touch on one of my favorite subjects. We're going to do a deep dive on this after we talk to someone in particular. And I can't really say much more nuts. I, I'm being cryptid, cryptic because you're we're being about cryptid. We should yeah. coin that. I'm being yeah. cryptid. I'm being cryptid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, one of the characters from this era is also known as our favorite figure, Indrid Cold, the great man of mystery. Yeah. Uh, who supposedly talked to Woody Derenberger after landing in a spacecraft, talked to him for a while uh, on side road, said, I mean, you know, harm, and then flies away. Uh, and we think, but then he visits the family over and over and over again. And and now we think we have uh, a link. One of the things I discovered with the Crestview sighting was that there was a government man who was investigating that UFO sighting and and his name was Cole. So oh. are these things, these men in black acting weird because it makes people think they're crazy if you talk about, it, right? It's yeah. disinformation. We already know it drove one man crazy. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's literally the hall of mirrors. You know, you start looking into it and you start seeing other things. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nuts. You know, there's uh, one of the guys, uh, Gray Barker, who we will talk about quite a bit of it. He wrote a book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers in 1956. Oh, wow. And now one of his friends, John Sherwood, who wrote that book, says Gray Barker came up with the, the men in black theory as a joke, similar to L. Ron Hubbard coming up with Scientology as a joke, you know, as a bet with another Scientologist, whether he could, you know, a, a bet with another science fiction writer, if he could create something. Well, he and, that, um, didn't he? Yeah. So. But Howard Dahl's report of Men in Black sighting predates Barker's stories, so by a decade. And and then you know, are any of these true? You know, and all this. Um, it's just it's really weird. And then it gets crazy because Hollywood, right? Hollywood starts learning about Men in Black, and Hollywood loves to make things about Men in Black. But what? Started all was Malibu Comics. Malibu okay. was an independent comic company and they created a series called Men in Black. And uh, it was involving Agent J and Agent K and they would protect America and the world from learning that aliens were living amongst us. Wow, that's because a person is smart. But yes, people are stupid. Are stupid, exactly. And I hate to say that 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 is a legitimate thing. So, the comic company goes out of business, and Marvel Comics buys them, and that's why when we saw the movie suddenly come out, it says based on a Marvel comic. It was actually an old Malibu comic. Um, but then the movie comes out. Now, our good old friend uh, Richard Tucholka, who passed away a number of years ago, he invented a game called Bureau Thirteen. And it also involved basically men in black, but they investigated supernatural and everything. And that was an old role-playing game. 
uh, in the early 80s. So it predates the Mark, comic. It predates Mark, did you figure out an episode where you could talk about this game again? I have. I will talk about Bureau 13 until the day I die. So. I know you will. I cannot believe you managed Richard to come up with an episode to talk about that game again. Richard Tachoka does not get enough credit. He invented Stargate and he invented the X-Files. And he gets no credit because, I mean, well, he inspired them. I don't know if he invented them, but he gets no credit because he was, you know, a postman who did role-playing games, stapling him, you know, into pages and binders. Uh, but uh, I will carry his legacy with me forever and I will spread the word. So uh, look up Richard Tocholka gang. Um, but anyway, so Bureau 13 predates that a little bit. So the, it was in the zeitgeist. Everybody knew the Men in Black was this thing. Now, decades pass, and I am writing Erie, Florida books, and I am starting my research on Erie Travels. Callie, you know, insisted that I bring this up, so although she's insisting that I don't talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. You can't stop me, Callie, unless you edit this out. Well, it, it was very nice to meet you. And it was nice to know you, Dad. Um, it's awesome. It's great. All right. Bye forever, I guess. Love you. All right, uh, so all right. <laughs> here we go. Uh, and so that's the story. Did you enjoy it? Nah, <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. All right. All right. So here we go. Uh, I got a letter and it was from someone who said, hey, I work late shift uh, and I needed to be up all night uh, to work on my school project the next day. So I took a few extra no-dos. And when I finally went to sleep, I was still, you know, kind of feeling it. So I wasn't really deep asleep, almost lucid dreaming. Okay. And suddenly the door to his apartment opened. And there standing at the foot of his bed was a man in a dark suit. And he says, it's time for you to come with me. And he leads me over to my closet where I have a dark suit and he has me put it on and he leads me out of my apartment and out of my apartment building. We walk a few blocks over and I'm in this trance. I can't stop myself. I'm just following this guy. And we go up some stairs into another apartment building. We go up to the third floor and we knock on this apartment door and this lady comes out a short bit in a bathrobe you know, because it's late at night, you know, and she's like, can I help you? And he and I tell her, you saw some strange lights in the sky the other night. Don't tell anyone about it. You are, or bad things will happen. Did he and anything her? Well, I that's basically what they're saying is don't talk about it. Don't do anything. And she's almost in a trance by the way this guy is talking to her. And again, this guy mentions that he was talking very cadenced and saying the words very monotone. And he said it was lulling him back into a trance too. And then he was standing there and then he had some words that came out of his mouth that he did not recognize that was not him saying, yeah, or we'll be back. And uh, and then she said, thank you. And she closed the door. And then they walked back to his place. He took off his suit. He laid back in bed. And the man said, thank you. We may need you again. And then he disappeared out the door. Now he woke up like instantly. He said, oh man, what a dream. And he looks over his closet. There's no suit. You know, no nothing. But his alarm on his door to his apartment had been opened and closed twice in the previous two hours. Okay, so that, ah, nope, so, nope, Tingles. I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, this incident with the- yeah. We kind of hinted at it, yeah, when we talked about it yeah. before, but- And yeah. it's, so, oh, so now he's, thoughts. he tried to follow those footsteps back to that other apartment complex and could not find it. Um, but there had been a report in the paper from a few days prior of lights in the sky 
over his town. Um, so now he thinks the only reason he was awake for it was because he had taken all those no-dos and was not dead asleep. And wow. so could the men in black be using sleeper agents? I mean, I hate to code that turd, but that's basically, you know, you know, if you're in a lucid, you know, transient state, you know, this you is know what crazy. you're supposed to do. I learned this. You're supposed to ask the people around you what day it is. What's the yes. date and time? That's what they say to do when you're lucid dreaming like that. Yeah. Ask people around you what the day and the time is, because apparently it's really weird. And the people in your dream will not tell you that. And you, and you should try to read like a sign or a newspaper or a book or anything that's laying around you, because apparently you can't read when you're lucid dreaming your brain, that part of your brain is shut off. So you can't make out words and stuff like that. So I know for me, the big tell is when I start speaking in like Simlish, which is the language of the video game, the Sims, apparently when I sleep, I talk in it. I've been informed by this. Uh, I've, I've been informed of this by my boyfriend um, and my roommate and oh. many other people in my life. Nope. I also sleepwalk. <laughs> it's fun. Wow. So <laughs> I've learned so many things today about you, Kylie. I yeah. can't wait. Now I want <laughs> Kylie to be around me sleeping so I can record them. So we can record <laughs> the Simlish and give it, sell it back to E-Electronic Arts and... Uh, and yes, you know, so they can use it as a pre-recording. So actually, I want to post it on our channel and then have them tell us that we've done copyright infringement and to take it down. Now, there <laughs> was to get a DMCA. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's the you from this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, as it is, we're going to be flashy thinged anyway at the end of this. So, uh, well, but you are. Um, I highly recommend everybody do it. Yo, know, at some point you know, read some of these encounter reports and stuff like that, because they are amazing. Uh, I did get a call from a friend in Japan. And he's an artist who's living over there. And he used to draw for, uh, he told me not to mention his name. So I better not even say what he used to draw for, but he used to draw for some role-playing games back in the day. Uh, and he's currently living in Japan. And he saw a UFO and wrote me about it over Japan. He's like, this is, I know this is something weird. And hey, Mark, you're Mr. Paranormal guy. You know this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's talk about it. And then he didn't call me back for about two weeks. And then suddenly he calls me back. He says, okay, I finally feel brave enough to talk to you. So what happened? He said, well, after I called you and told you I had some things I had seen, I, um, went out to my favorite little sushi place because I couldn't sleep. And I sat down, you know, where you sit down there, there's, it's a little tiny room and everybody just sits next to each other and people come in and out. And there was a you know couple there having food and he was there all alone. And then suddenly three guys in suits come in and sit next to him. And they look at him and say, oh, you're American. And he hadn't said a word yet, but, you know, kind of stands out a little bit there. And he's like, yeah. And then they they turn and look at him and said, well, you shouldn't you shouldn't write that uh, guy and tell him about the UFO story. Why? What? Because, you know, it's just it'll make you stupid. It'll make you seem stupid. And nobody will, you know, hire you for art anymore. Nobody will. They'll think you're crazy. And um, he's like, how did they know anything about this? He hadn't said a word since he'd been sitting down there. And of course, he got up and left immediately. And as he was leaving, they all started uh, just kind of pointing at him and laughing. And he was afraid to tell me about that for two weeks. And he didn't write it at all. He didn't, he dropped all communication with me until he called me because he's like, I'm telling you this on the phone. Uh, he actually used a, an app to call me because he was, he's so afraid of even using a regular phone. Wow. Call me about that. Um, so that's the one that Callie's like, oh, me talking about this on the podcast. I'm, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So, well, you know, I could see if there are things that the government wanted covered up 
they would have a system in place to do that and to do cleanup. And sometimes you can't make an entire person just disappear without no. it raising way too many red flags, right? So you have to do stuff in order to keep things that you don't want seen um, or wish hadn't been seen by certain people under wraps. But like we're in a modern technology age now. It's a right. lot harder. I mean, look at the fact that government is having to acknowledge UAPs, you know what I mean? Uh, now they can't just go, oh, it's a weather balloon. Because people have pictures of this thing that legitimately was not a weather balloon, right? Right, right. And that's but the idea that there is um, uh, part of the government, and probably part of the governments. I mean, I'm I'm going a little down this conspiracy. Route. No, no, it's that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah. It, but I I could easily see them wanting to do cleanups of certain things that they don't want known because. We joked about a couple of minutes ago that a person is smart and people are stupid, but people are stupid in large groups. They can get into a complete panic instead of being able to rationalize things. And if there were interactions with aliens and stuff like that, we've had way too many movies for the government to go, here is the green man that's been coming to this planet for the last hundred years. And we've been interacting with them like, oh my gosh, that would be completely like nobody could handle that. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, we'll have to talk Roswell on a, you know, on a future episode because, uh, you know, that's actually the first, I think, disinformation campaign because they say, hey, we, we, we found a crashed spaceship. Oh, the next day. Oh, look at this weird picture of the, the material. And it's obviously a weather balloon. Oh, it was a weather balloon. You know, but that was that state. That photo was staged. That was not yeah. the same material and not the same crash site that people had discussed the day before. So that's how you cover it up. You know, and then you make it so crazy that, oh, you thought this? You're crazy. And so everybody stops and stops talking about it because they don't want to be, you know, blackball listed and, 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 you know, taken out. And then, you know, then we've got a secret base that we don't talk about. And years later, oh, it was a secret thing where we were listening in the, in the air for nuclear explosions from the Soviet Union and, and the bodies were crash test dummies to see if they would survive a fall and why were they shaped weird oh they were monkeys yeah it's yeah. it's it, it's constant there's you got to replace refresh the narrative and the weirder you make it the less you know the more science it sounds but also the stupider you sound if you say it so no, it's true but it's interesting because we've changed so much that you know you say stuff now and there is a you know there's more and more videos that have been leaked on um creatures uh and you know aerial phenomenon and pictures out from airplanes and stuff like that that i mean some of it's fake but some of it right. is not fake and is being proven to be not fake stuff and it causes you to go this could be real because I'm, i know there are people that you say there are aliens in the you know we've talked about this before on the podcast but anybody yeah. who doesn't think there are aliens isn't total idiot to me like how could you not believe there are aliens and whether they've come here whether we've had them i actually think yeah now are they doing cattle mutilations and all this other stuff who the hell knows but you know if i think some of what has been seen some of what has been found is very legitimate and it sucks that it was to a point where they were negating it because one of the worst things in the world is when you have something that is true for you and it's abolished in you know like as a thing yeah and uh and on all honesty gang uh you know there have been so many men in black encounters we could you know do days and days and days listing them all um and um you know we've got you know we've got the movies we've got the comics uh we've got you know all you know there are many books on the subject and it you know if they're trying to just you know you know, be a disinformation campaign, it works. Look at the X-Files episode with the Men in Black. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite episodes, uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. If you can look that one up, gang, you've got a lot of fun on your plate. Uh, the great late Charles Nelson Riley is writing a book about this weird alien invest, and he gets invest, visited by the Men in Black. And the Men in Black are played by Jesse the Body Ventura and Alex Trebek. 
and they they keep saying really alex trebek is like yeah i swear it was alex trebek and uh you know and it, it wasn't like they were hiding but that was the whole point of the men in black was they could who would believe alex trebek was a man in black yeah and you know and that's that was the joke and you it's know, exactly this is the kind of stuff these guys did in uh an episode of community they kind of do that a little bit with the air conditioning repair school yes uh, when troy's in his initiation they have like black hitler and an astronaut making paninis in the corner and he's like who's gonna believe you and then at one point he's telling abed about it and abed's like what <laughs> yeah and even abed who believes everything right you exactly know, uh, yeah and- you you definitely it, it, make it weirder is true it would make it harder to believe yeah but okay and well mark some of the I descriptions do- are like their eyes light up like flash bulbs they're they they float. They do all this weird stuff. There is some security camera footage, supposedly, of two men in black who go into a hotel, and it's fairly recent, but they are never seen again. They just come in. There is no other footage of them leaving, uh, and all that. But um, some people they're just dating. say, "Well, the hotel didn't want to talk about it." So clearly, they're dating. Yes. Yes that that is the sum up of this this episode so where do we want to recommend people travel to go see aliens mark well i would recommend the mothman museum because it has an amazing exhibit on the men in black including some of richard keel stuff they have the gray barker papers and some other stuff so that's in point pleasant west virginia we'll be there for the mothman festival uh third week in third weekend in september so highly recommend you visit there other places to visit to learn a little more Mothman more is the or uh, Mothman lore, the uh, Men in Black lore. See, they've already flashy thing me. I forgot what it was. Yeah, talking. I see that. Uh, the other place to visit would be Area Fifty One. Of course, you got it. But you can't actually go to Area Fifty One. Do not climb over the nope. fence. Do not nope. try to attempt to get there. This is that disclaimer again that if you go there. There is wonderful themed restaurants, things like that. And there is actually a great CW show called Roswell that they've re-upped it again, but it was a really great show around that area and it involves aliens. So if you do not want to leave your house and you want to travel with me, look up Roswell, the TV show. Catherine Heigl was on that. It was one of her first things. It's a lot of fun. And then my last place I would recommend going is Universal Studios, Florida, and ride the men in black ride it is so much fun and even has a little fun little pretend you're riding another ride at the beginning before you get on the men in black ride it's a blast so it is a lot of fun we recommend that and we hope you guys had a great time visiting with us um we'll miss mark when he's taken away yes. and both me and Callie are flashy thing and don't remember he ever existed so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I remember my immaculate conception. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Two and... rocks were struck together in a cosmic... No, just <laughs> okay, And we but... will have the great Destiny Beard play us out. And as always, gang, we will see you on the other side. <laughs>